Welcome, everybody. This is Michelle Haynes and my podcast, 1111 Calling. So glad that you're here with us today. I'm excited to share with you a friend and mentor of mine, Laura Powers. Laura is an entertainer, a celebrity psychic, an actress, a model, a host, a singer, a writer, and a speaker. This woman's got it going on. She is the host of a popular film and television podcast, Behind the Scenes. And she's also hosting Healing Powers, a podcast which focuses on healing and spirituality and has landed her in the top 100 podcasts on Apple Podcasts. She's an author of eight books. That's amazing. And has been featured on several television networks, including BuzzFeed, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, The CW, The Jet Set. And she was even interviewed by Will Farrow on his podcast, The Ron Burgundy Podcast. Welcome, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure to connect with you in this new way. So one thing that I'm excited to share or that I really want to share with people, I think sometimes when we look at people in your position who are very successful and they are healers and teachers and authors and, and wear many hats as you do, we think of them kind of as up here and very separate from just how we feel very average or in our process of learning and growth. And I think what people need to realize is that we're, we're more similar than we're not. And we've all been on our journey and we've all faced our special challenges and difficult situations, as well as our celebrations and triumphs and our, our positive growth. So I'd kind of like to take our audience on this journey through where you've come from and the challenges you faced and how you've gotten to be who you are today. And so I'd love for you to share those challenges that you faced early on in life in your childhood. And then maybe we'll go into your early adolescence and early adulthood and through till now. Yeah. So um, starting off, I mean, I was born into a traumatic abusive situation and we were also very poor. So I think, you know, in terms of beginnings, I had a lot of challenges. Yeah. <laughs> Many people do, and, and you can't tell by looking at someone what they've gone through. And I, I really right. do think you're right. I think there's the assumption that when someone is successful or happy that they just kind of had it handed to them on a silver platter. And I think every moment of our lives, we are choosing how we react to something and we can choose to be destroyed by something or we can choose to learn and shift and grow. And, and that's not to say it's easy and there's, you know, things that we need to do to try to heal. It's a journey, but, you know, I was born in, in France and in rural France. And, you know, as an example, we didn't even have a toilet. We had an outhouse. We were <laughs> very poor. And uh, the, unfortunately the situation started to get abusive and uh, it just was time to leave. So my, my mother's father, and I'll always thank my mother's father. So my grandmother for doing this, but she sent a telegram to my mother's parents saying trouble. So this is before email was widespread and they hopped on a plane and showed up and realized that it was a bad situation. And while my father was out, we just basically left and mm -hmm. he came home and we were all just gone. So my sister and my mother and myself, and I emigrated from there, you know, rural France to Southern California to Claremont, California, where we had a pool and we, we went to Disneyland and like went out to eat to restaurants. And it was just such a, a strange moment of yeah. transition in my life. <laughs> that had to have been 
crazy. And what age were you at that time? I was five. Yeah, I was yeah. five. So I only spoke French at that point because we spoke French at home and my father didn't speak English, even though my mother was American, you know, she's speaking French because that's the language everyone spoke there. Yeah. So I, from the beginning, in many ways, I felt like an outsider. I mean, I didn't speak the language, came here, even though my mom's American. And in many ways, I felt like an immigrant because of, of that experience. And then also because of my psychic and intuitive abilities, I'm a clairvoyant. So I see things. So I saw ghosts and spirits in many mm -hmm. cases, as if they are live people. So it was confusing, you know, so I, I felt been, like a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> that must have been really scary too. I mean, not just the the transition to this like totally different life, but then if you're you're seeing different beings and entities and, and such at such a young age, just how scary that would feel. Yeah, it, it was scary and intense. And I, uh, I think one of the hardest parts was that I didn't feel like I had anyone to help me because I knew that other people weren't seeing and sensing these things. I remember asking my mom when I was little, and I think I was probably about seven years old. And I asked her if she saw things and I knew based on a response that she just didn't know what I was talking about. So what do you do when you're, you're, your people you would go to for help? They're like, they don't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. They don't know what's going on. They don't know how to help. And so I just really felt alone. Uh, but I also, you know, one of the things is I, be, I feel like I became very strong because of mm -hmm. those experiences that now there's very little that truly scares me <laughs> because yeah. I've had really strong personal um, experiences, both supernaturally as well as in terms of, you know, trauma and experiences. So I, I do want to say that whatever happens to us, there is always a silver lining. Yeah. Find. So I, I attribute my strength to some of these things that I've experienced and, yeah. and that has really served me in my life. I agree with you on that too. I know, um, you know, in hindsight, looking back at different traumas and experiences I've had in life, um, you know, in the time you don't realize it, but then in hindsight, you, you can actually see how it does form you and give you your strengths. And I feel like for me personally, some of those traumas and difficult situations that I experienced growing up, um, gave me, uh, connected me deeper to my intuition and to my emotions, you, you know, as, as a, um, empath, I feel like, uh, due to my own experiences that being able to connect to others and feel what they're feeling, I think was, was intensified by those experiences. And I think that while that can be challenging, I think overall that's for the good. Absolutely. So, you know, we, we have a choice of how to react and whatever challenging situation we're up against, we can have something positive that comes out of it. Uh, you know, one of the sort of success stories I love in terms of, of television that people might be familiar with is, you know, the woman who wrote the, I think it was a book first for Orange is the New Back, Black, like she went to prison, like she literally went to prison, but then she has this amazing book and like this TV show, like that's intense. I'm not saying that was a, you know, a like fun experience, but whatever intense things we have gone through, there's always something amazing, like just as equally as amazing as it was awful that can come from it for us too. I agree. And I, I, I think you also don't understand how strong you are until you, you have to get through something and then you realize truly what you're capable of. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we all have that. We are all incredibly powerful, incredibly versatile and, you know, and able to adapt, you know, so it's just important that we 
acknowledge that about ourselves. And also, no matter how low we have started from or have gotten in our lives, we can have that much and so much more on the other side of that, that we yes. create and bring in our lives. Absolutely. So from, from that experience and, and being a child and realizing that you had these experiences, how did you then adapt to that or take that to the next level in, as you entered into adulthood? So I, I think I've always been kind of a go-getter and kind of had to be in a way in order to have things, you know, when I was growing up, we had, we were on housing assistance and, you know, I had free school lunches. So even once we moved to France, we still were um, fairly poor. So, I mean, I started working when I was really young. I started babysitting when I was 12. And, you know, even when I was before then that I would do little odd jobs for, for various things. I remember my mom's boss paid my sister and myself like $50 to put stickers on these brochures that had been printed improperly. <laughs> and it was like child labor basically, but I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> right. That's a lot of money. <laughs> for at that time, at that age, that was like so much. So, you know, there's always there's always things that we can do. So I, I learned at a very young age, if I wanted something, I needed to create it. And on the one hand, you know, how nice and easy it would have been to have things just given to me, but that has really served me well in terms of moving forward in my life. And I have, you know, during the session when my kind of life fell apart and there were no, there's no work. And I did, I started a company and I went and lived in China for a year because I couldn't find work here in the United States. And then I started my company and, and, you know, we all have to start with doing something that we didn't do before, but it's all about our mindset and, um, and our will, I think is a huge part of it. There's a show right now that's on, it's called undercover billionaire. And I just mm -hmm. interviewed one of the stars on my show in season two. And the premise is they take a billionaire and they give them a hundred dollars in an old truck. So they don't have a place to stay. They don't have food. They have nothing. They've just had a hundred dollars in that truck and they're challenged to make a million dollars in 90 days without their contacts. Like they, they get a new name you need to go in a place where no one knows them and they, and it's doable, you know, so that's yeah. amazing. And like where we have very little resources. So, you know, it's possible. And if you just don't give up, if you are smart, if you connect and create community, these are all, you know, things that will help you along the way. Excellent. So I know, um, like I said before, you're a woman that wears many hats. I know you as when I first met you, you were working in politics and, and business maybe or government. And then um, from there, you transitioned into becoming a psychic and celebrity psychic. And, and that's quite a big transition. So could you share with us how that happened? Yeah. So ever since I was little, as I mentioned, I had these abilities, but I didn't really know what to do about them. And, and I was somewhat overwhelmed, uh, but I, I had a moment that really helped me. So I had basically kept all these abilities to myself. And when I was in college, a family friend described a ghost that I had seen, but never told anyone about. So that was a really life-changing moment for me because it made me realize that it was real, you know, that he couldn't see something that was just a hallucination of mine. So that was both comforting and terrifying. And I, that was when I first told my family about some of these things and my abilities and, and sensing spirits and, and things like that, but they didn't really know what to do. I mean, they tried to support me and say, I'm strong and you can handle it, but like, they didn't, they didn't really have tools <laughs> yeah. for me and many parents wouldn't. I mean, this isn't something that's really talked about much in our society. So I did the only thing I knew how to do at that time was I tried to block it all out. I just didn't really know what to do about it. And when I did that, I also blocked out my intuition 
So Mm -hmm. I proceeded to move forward and just live my life very analytically. It was like, I was doing all the things that you're kind of quote supposed to do in Mm -hmm. life. And I checked the boxes as like, you know, good job, you know, government stable academic job, check, husband check, you know, house check, uh, fancy degree check, like doing all the things. Um, And then fast forward several years and my life was a mess. You know, this kind of came to a head for me during the recession and my marriage was falling apart. I was physically ill. I had gotten a contract position that ended right when the recession started. So I could, for the first time in my life, since I was like 14, I was out of work, didn't have, you know, work, didn't have money. And I went to a psychic to try to figure out like what the heck to do with my life. Like I was so lost. And the psychic explained to me about psyching, shutting out my psychic abilities and the importance of opening back up. So that made sense to me. And I set the intention to open back up and I immediately had an angelic visitation experience, which was so, you know, amazing. Cause even though all my circumstances were the same, like I was still sick, poor, (laughs) bad marriage, (laughs) all all those things were there, but suddenly I didn't feel alone. And I felt like I had divine support and that I was going to be okay. And so I started to pay attention to the messages I was getting from angels and spirit guides and take psychic and intuition classes and started to ask for help from the divine. And, and my life started to change some things more slowly, some things more quickly, but fairly dramatically. And, and that was where, what led to me doing this big 180. Yeah. I mean, from a lot of people's perspective, I literally went crazy. Like there were people that I think were concerned for my mental health. <laughs> you know, I was in government and politics and higher education. And now I'm like, I'm a psychic. And from right. their perspective, they're like, what? Gone off the deep end. <laughs> and I, I even had some people, I had one friend who I offered to give her a reading when I was first starting out. And she told me later that she basically did it because she felt bad for me. And then, huh. and then I did this reading and all these, this information came forward that I couldn't have known. And she cried and it was so touching and wow. helpful for her. And she told all her friends and, you know, so some people quickly realized that I wasn't, you know, loony cuckoo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> some people might still think that I am and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, I just, you know, changed. And once I started really listening to my intuition, my life transformed in many ways, creatively, you know, health wise, quality of life wise. And so we all have a different path. I mean, this is obviously not everyone's path, but whatever it is that you came here to do on a soul level, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you get on that path, you benefit everyone around you benefits because you teach and share whatever you came to learn. And also when you're truly aligned money and uh, opportunities and things like that come to you so much more easily. And so yeah. I'm, I'm an advocate of that for that reason as well. I would agree with that. And I, you know, you were mentioning that you checked all those boxes and I think there's so much value placed on that, like that mindset in, in our society where, okay, you, you're, you're checking this box. You are now going to college and now you have your career and you're in this relationship and you have your house and you can check all those boxes and look really good on paper. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're happy or healthy, you know, mentally or physically or spiritually. And while that may be what makes certain people happy and, and feel fulfilled and that they're actually sharing their gifts with the world, it's not, I don't think it fits the greater whole. And so I, I find that when somebody can trust their intuition and step in that direction of what really resonates for them and feels true for them, I think that takes a lot of courage. And so that is one of the things about you that I really admire and that I find inspiring. 
And so I, I just, and I believe when, when we do that for ourselves, it's not just fulfilling for ourselves. When we do that, I believe that we will also inspire other people and bring other people with us on that journey, or at least inspire them to do that for themselves. And that's really what's important. I think is that it's not just about one person's success, but that that success then sends out a vibration and then there's success for many. Absolutely. It definitely, I think works that way. And I'm shown over and over again from my angels and spirit guides that one of the most powerful ways we can change the world is not by doing things for others, but by modeling things for others, basically Mm -hmm. showing them how to do it, not necessarily even in a teaching way, although teaching is wonderful, but literally just showing them what's possible. This is how something can be done. And then people give it to themselves and their idea for themselves, because the way we're the most limited is what we think we can do. And there's all these kinds of examples of this in human history where humanity literally thought we can't do that. Like we can't run faster than this many miles per hour, mm-hmm. or we can't like, like w- when things like trains and cars were invented, there was literally fear. Like, can a person go 40 miles an hour? Will their body explode? Like these were things that were, that were actually discussed. And then as soon as we were like, Oh, we can do that. And then suddenly we, you blow way past whatever that initial limitation was well, even, that you had. Even, you know, things that blow my mind and I'm no physicist or anything like that, but it's just airplanes being, you know, things floating through air that you could get from, from Denver, Colorado to Paris, France in a half a day, you know, and, and that you can be looking and speaking to somebody over some frequency airwave in real time. I mean, that kind of stuff really blows my mind. So I think you're right. I think we are capable of far more than we give ourselves credit for and that, that you can dream up anything and that it could be possible. Like it, it doesn't have to seem crazy. Like there's now going to be hotels in space, right? You look at, um, I think it's Elon Musk that's working on that, that rotating hotel and how yep. crazy, you know, we grew up watching the Jetsons and thinking that's insane, but I don't think it's going to be that insane, nope. you know? It's and, the first thing is to have the vision for it and then and the the cool thing is we don't have to figure all the pieces out we just let the the universe kind of and and this has been happening for a long time this whole system so when I was traveling I I did a lot of traveling in Europe and I was in Milan and I was at the Duomo there which is like the big cathedral and I learned that you know it took so long to construct these cathedrals these Duomos that when the architect would make the plan, they frequently did not know or have the technology to construct that vision, but they yeah. would just start building it anyway. Like they, they okay. literally would start building it and be like, well, in a hundred years, by the time we get there, we'll figure it out. And they would, you know? <laughs> and it ends up being this beautiful, just amazing mm-hmm. piece of art, you know? Yeah. I just, that's just crazy to me. I, I remember looking at the cathedral and, at Notre Dame, you know, and just looking at that and how long it took to build and just how crazy beautiful it is and, and clever, you know, little niches and nooks and, and features to it. And that nobody had that mapped out perfectly. And yet it came together beautifully and is, is there and admired and inspiring people to this day. 
Yeah. And so we're all doing that for our, our lives and the world. You know, we don't have to figure out exactly how to make something happen. The first important step is the vision. And then we partner with those who can help us. And, and I mean, spiritually, as well as in the physical realm, you know, definitely call on your, your angels and spirit guides to help you with resources and the, the ability to make that into a reality. But the first step is that vision for yourself, your life, the world, and I really feel like we have a lot of souls that have been born now that are here to change the world and the way that we want the world to be. Rather than adapt to the world, we are here to change the world to how we want that world to be. And, and that is possible. You could have one person that can have a huge impact on the world. So, and we mm-hmm. all have that ability. This isn't just like some special souls that can do this. We all can have that kind of impact. That's amazing. I think that's a beautiful thing to think about and to, to really just trust and believe in our own gifts and our own path in this life and to have that courage to to just move through that uncomfortable space when you want to try something new or you're drawn to something but maybe you think oh I can't do that or you know my family's going to think I'm crazy or I can't quit this you know successful corporate job to go follow something else that I feel very passionate about. I think the important thing is to trust that and to live with that maybe fear and that, that uncomfortable feeling and just take some steps in the direction that that's pulling you in that way and trust that it's going to lead somewhere amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a process and that it's that leap of faith that's often the hardest. And it doesn't mean you need to, you know, completely destroy the life that you have right now. I mean, it can happen in, in baby steps, but also when we are not listening, then things will come crashing down. So if we are out mm-hmm. of alignment, so that's what happened with me. I just think I was so shut off, so shut down that I, I just got really off my path. And, and that's why things were so hard for me. And, you know, it was tough, but on the other hand, I learned, wow, it's really important to listen and pay attention to this stuff. So uh, I hope that it never gets that (laughs) intense for me. And I do think that I'm through a lot of the hardest parts, but I do feel that now that I've learned to listen and we all have access to intuition, that it just gets easier and easier. And life is this kind of magical thing for me as things unfold and that everyone can have that as well. So I think too, for you, once that, that shift happened and you started honoring yourself in that way a lot more started to open up for you and you, you went in the direction of, of becoming a psychic. And then you started a podcast at a time when, when it wasn't really a thing yet. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I was at that point already taking psychic classes and starting to do readings for people. And it was just a really strong intuitive or psychic message to start a podcast. And I'll be honest you know, a lot of people start podcasting because they like podcasts and they listen to podcasts. This was not the case. I had never even listened to podcasts and they're like, start a podcast. (laughs) So I had to figure out how do I listen to podcasts? What is this thing? And, and I quickly understood its power because with many forms of media, there are gatekeepers, you know, there's producers, there's, you know, people you have to pitch or someone has to invite you on a show. And also there's a very um, big barrier to entry in terms of cost. Like if you want to produce a television show or a radio show, you need a lot of equipment and you have to have a lot of money, tools, resources, people to help you 
run it. But with the podcast, you can start with just you. I mean, that's a, a pretty small amount of equipment and it's gotten easier and easier. I mean, when I started, it was a little harder, but now there's so many companies that'll streamline it for you, you know, do your editing and all the things. So I, I had to do a lot of research to try to figure out how do I do this, but then I started doing it and I loved the opportunity to connect with experts and people that were knowledgeable about different things, you know, health or emotions or, you know, whatever. And I learned from them. I learned about whatever they were teaching about. And then I also learned what they did in terms of business. So mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons I was able to have relatively big success in business compared to a lot, especially a lot of other psychics struggle on the business side is because I had the podcast. I listened to experts. I, I saw what they were doing and I started to model some of the things that I was doing based on what they were doing. So okay. it was educating me in a lot of different ways and just continually learning, continually growing. I'm constantly taking classes, even though there are things that, that people would consider me an expert on. And I might speak at conferences and things like that on that topic. I still might take a class on that. There's always an element for me to learn. I think a lot of people let their ego get in the way of them mm -hmm. stepping into to new levels um, because they feel like they, you know, why would I take a class or shouldn't have to take a class or whatever. And it classes are about just like with podcasting, it's about what you learn. And it's also, I think there's an energetic component. There's been many times I've taken a class where I'm like, wow, they're at a certain energy level or abundance money level. And just being in the room with them, I, I pick up on something from them. So I think that's important too. You know, I've, I've found that true in, in the hair world. So I, as you know, I work as a hairstylist right now and I, I used to come across so many hairstylists who had been in the industry for, you know, 30 years and they would turn their nose up at going to classes or conferences because they felt like there was nothing new to learn. And, and I never understood that because I feel like no matter what they're teaching, I mean, you could be teaching how to cut a bob and everybody brings their own unique angle to whatever they're doing and their energy. And so even if, if maybe they're not reinventing the Bob, it's being in the presence of different people and their energy and what they have to offer. And maybe there's always some new angle that they're thinking about approaching business or whatever. So I, I tend to agree with you that there's always something new that we can learn. And there's always people to, to come across and, and have our paths cross so that we inspire each other. And, and you may end up taking something away from it that you never intended learning at, you know, maybe a podcasting conference or for me going to a hair show, you may cross paths with somebody who takes your life on a different trajectory that you wouldn't have had the opportunity had you not continued to reach out and look for education. Absolutely. So I think you, you learn strategies, you learn marketing techniques and approaches. And, and you brought up another piece, which is the people that you connect with. There have been times I've been guided to take a class because of the people that I'll connect with in that program. And also when we take a step forward into something, a new level or vision for ourselves that we want, we're basically saying to the universe, I want this, but I'm willing to do my part. You know, so with the whole idea of like manifesting and the idea of the secret, there's some really great things, but I think sometimes people get lost and like, I can just sit here and just will it all in place. And there's an element of that. That part is very important. I teach manifesting, but it's also important that we take action steps, even if it's just us telling the universe, yes, I'm committed to this. I'm willing to do my part. And I've had many times where I've, I've been guided to take an action and I almost feel like it's not even that that particular action results in 
what I'm wanting, but it's, it's like, then, then it starts to come to me in other ways as well. When you put that energy out there, something's going to come back. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another part of you that I find fascinating is that you're an author. And to me, I can't even imagine writing a book. I mean, someday maybe I will, but I just am like, how, how do you do that also? <laughs> <laughs> I know I've, I've read some of your books about um, archangels and ascended masters and, um, and you're, you're working on a book right now. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I have seven books on the psychic and spiritual realm. And then my book on podcasting was just released and I'll be releasing my first fiction book this summer. And that one's been a long time in coming. I've been working on this book. I think I'd have to look at the calendar, but I'd say 15 to 17 years or something like that. Wow. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And it, it, it starts and stops, you know, so I would start it and then kind of put it down for, you know, in some cases years. Um, and there is a lot of resistance we have to work through creatively sometimes to say, who am I, who am I to do this? Or, yeah. you know, to put time and energy into this. And, and I always love to bring up the example of JK Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter series. She was a woman who was, you know, had just gotten out of abusive relationship, single mom who was on public assistance and gotten a whole bunch of rejections for her book. And she kept going, she kept writing and look what happened. I mean, so yeah. I think we all have that capability within us. And I think we're all creators and I believe every one of us has something to share. And I, I hear some people say, there's so many books. I'm like, how many books does a person read in their lifetime? Like, even if we each read a book from someone, like, I don't know, I've read hundreds of books, you know, like, so there need, should be a lot of people writing in order <laughs> to satiate my desire to read. And then from that now, especially with media, you know, that they're pulling from intellectual property from books to create television series, films, podcasts, and things like that all the time as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and merchandising, right. You know, I mean, all of it and, and there's always going to be an audience for a new book. I, I know mm-hmm. readers and they are constantly looking for new books and they oh. often read books over and over again when they find one that they really like. So I don't doubt that there's, there's always a void out there that can be filled with new, new books and, shows and just creativity in general. I don't think that, that whether it's a podcast, a show, music, uh, books, any creative realm that it'll ever be full. There's always going to be movement and room for what everybody has to offer. Absolutely. And there's a lot of resistance to work through. And, and at the same time, it's so important and helpful for us because when we clear those energy or spiritual blocks, it opens up abundance channels for us. It opens up opportunity. So as I've written more books, more, it's, uh, more and more opportunity has come my way. And I also feel that it's such a wonderful way to teach and share because there's a lot of people that aren't able to afford my services, on, you know, especially one-on-one services. But then I can just say, but here's this book on that topic. So you can still really learn a lot and you don't have to spend as much. So it's, it's such a, a wonderful thing. So I do feel, Michelle, that you will write books and I feel it's <laughs> probably more than one. And here you are. I know we talked initially that for you podcasting and I remember that felt like what? And now here you are, you're podcasting. So it's really funny. I know. <laughs> I know. I do think that's funny when you mentioned something about a podcast. I was like, what? I don't even know what a podcast <laughs> is. <laughs> and, you know, me and in technology, it, it's like, I, I'll never be able to do that. But, you know, here I am. And so... Mm-hmm. I just think it's, it's good to 
to never say never, you know? Yes. Yeah. And on, on the soul level, I, you know, I see that the, the things that are in people's soul and sometimes we just have to clear out all the old programming that doesn't see that for, for ourselves. That's right. And I think too, that, um, things come to fruition with perfect timing. And yeah. so the seeds can be planted early and they, they sit back there and they're, you know, they're, they're going through their process and they're getting ready to, to sprout and bloom. And, but before they can be this beautiful flower, they have to, you know, get through that shell of the seed underground and that takes time and it takes preparation. I think too, whether you're conscious of it or not, these little steps that we take in life, moving through, you know, small obstacles up to great obstacles, things unfold in in a timely manner that they're meant to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think sometimes too, we are given things in pieces I know for me, if I'd been told at the beginning by my guides, you're going to be a professional psychic, I would have been like, um, no, (laughs) that sounds crazy. (laughs) I mean, and it's interesting. There's not actually that many people aside from people in my family that have known me for this long to have seen my transformation. If you meet me now, it'd be hard to visualize the person that I was before, but I think it's cool. You've seen, seen that Mm -hmm. shift. So it would have been really strange thing for me to think about that for myself because I had so much to shift. And now, of course, it feels normal. And, and when the guides tell me things, even if I can't kind of imagine how it would come in, I trust it more <laughs> mm-hmm. now yeah. because I've seen how it can, can shift and change over time. That's amazing. Yeah, I think you're, you're right on that, that, you know, if we're given too much of the big picture up front, it might be too intimidating. So I think just trusting, truly trusting your intuition and learning how to connect with that again, I, I don't know how or why, but I feel like so many people are so disconnected from that innate wisdom and their intuition, or they're taught to doubt it. I know often I can think back in my life where my intuition and my gut was telling me one thing and I just shoved it aside and ignored it. And every time that has been disastrous, (laughs) you know, so now I really truly try to honor that and trust it, even if I can't make sense of it to mm-hmm. just sit with it and know that it's there for a purpose and to, to ask for more guidance when that comes in to get more clarity around it. And I just, I, I, I would like to see more people be able to, to honor that side of themselves. And I'm hopeful that as, as individuals, do that for themselves, they will then have an impact on others. And like you said, you often have to lead by example, not by just teaching, but by living it truly. And in the more and the more that people like you or people like me can, can get a message and share a message and inspire others, then I think that's going to have a ripple effect. And I think eventually we will have more and more people truly honoring their paths and trusting their intuition. And I think, like you said, then we can create this world that we really want to see that it is possible to shift and change in the direction that will benefit all. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's changing rapidly, you know, and again, we all have that, that piece to play. And I really do believe in this hundredth monkey idea that 
you know, a certain number of us get a principle or idea or embody something, then it's like all of us shift. And you see this with these kinds of movements, civil rights movement, you know, women's rights movements, uh, Me Too movement, where it's actually still a tiny majority of the population that starts to verbalize and step forward and say, no, that's not okay. But en enough of the minority do it, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it's like, there's a sea change that happens. So I think we're experiencing this on a massive level and we have to understand that it really doesn't take that many of us to really get something to completely change the system. I definitely agree with you on that. I think you were mentioning once before that you were a theater major in college, which doesn't surprise me because you've, you've been involved in so many creative areas in your life from being a recording artist and a model and a writer, obviously. And, and now you, you are starting to dabble in comedy, which I love <laughs> because I think laughter and just being able to be light like that and share in that way is so meaningful in life. And we all need that. So tell me what that experience has been like for you. Yeah. So it's so funny because ever since I was a child, um, I've, oh, I've been a performer, but I've also had this struggle with being serious. Like literally, I would say to my mom, my, my sister and my mother are both Aquariuses. So they're, they're very kind of playful signs and they would be joking around. And I would say, no, I'm serious. Like I would like, <laughs> like a refrain, like to them. And they would just kind of laugh at me. And as I've gotten older, I've realized the power of being light and funny and humor. And it actually breaks up the tension. And it, it also helps us see things from a different perspective. And in many cases to be more effective. So comedy and performing has something that's always been shown to me. And I think we get signs and messages and opportunities are presented to us that it's important for us to pay attention. So, you know, I started acting when I was a child and then my, one of my first jobs and when I was either, I can't remember if I was 14 or 15, but I was in a paid improv troupe. Like, that's weird. That's not a typical experience, you know, but that it's was like McDonald's. My, yeah. Yeah. It was one of my first jobs. And so I started doing this early on and, and then I went and kind of put a lot of my creativity aside, including humor, when I went down my path of, you know, getting married and advanced degree and the fancy job and all that. And when it all came crashing down, I really went back to a lot of my creative roots and actually uh, kind of manifested this acting gig for a, a troupe um, down in Denver where I was part of the troupe and we do regular shows. And I was building my psychic business while I was doing that. So it's funny because a lot of actors are trying to, trying to get acting. And I was like, I got that. But I was like, but I make so much more money as a psychic. So I kind of shifted my focus and focused more on the psychic realm and built that up. But there's all these amazing interplays. So, you know, we get these opportunities. So I did comedy. I was a psychic. I did a lot of improv. I was a podcaster. So as an example, I got an offer to be on Will Ferrell's podcast. And, you know, I was featured as a psychic, but it was improvised. And it's a comedy show. So all these different things in my background kind of came together, you know, for that one opportunity. And so after that, I was like, I really need to do more comedy. So I've, I've been taking classes and working on some bits. And it's something I've, I've thought about for a long time. And then kind of after COVID, it was like, you know, it's just really time to get this going. That sounds so fun. I can't wait to see it. Thank That's you. Be fun. Well, it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, I'll have to see. I've always thought it'd be really fun. I swear when I was, I was like the class clown. I'm the youngest of nine. So, you know, you had to get your attention however you could get it. And so I was always being a goofball and 
um, you know, went to Catholic school, which I didn't care for. So then it was, you know, a way to be distracting or change the tune of class was to be funny. So um, I, I love comedy and I, I have a feeling that might be something I get involved with at some point in my life as well, in some way, shape or form, just because it's just fun. You know, I, fun. I love it. I think everyone should do it, to be honest. Um, it's, it's such a, a great thing to develop. And are you familiar with Sarah Blakely? No. Mm -mm. She's the inventor of Spanx, the sort of undergarment. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Very famous, extremely successful. And she took stand-up comedy classes and I took one of her courses and she said, everyone should take stand-up comedy. And I actually am like, yeah, it's such, it's like, it's kind of like public speaking, but it's in a, in a different avenue and it's more light and, you know, and in a lot of ways more fun, but it can be terrifying. But at the same time, it really develops a lot in you. And yeah. so I think at some point I'll, I'll teach um, a class with maybe some, some guest instructors. Cause I'm feeling that as well. Kind of like the podcasting, I'm like there's so many people that would yeah. <laughs> benefit from this. <laughs> well, I'll probably be signing up for that. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. So I do think it's, it's so important to always keep creative juices flowing, no matter what you're calling in life, that when you open up that flow of creativity in you, it's going to lead to just really connecting with the universe in different ways and letting that creative energy and vibration go through you. And then that in turn, I think opens up uh, manifesting all different kinds of things in your life. And, you know, not always literally in, in something that looks artistic, but that, that lets your soul, I guess, offer and bloom and what it is your purpose is in this world. So I, I just, again, really thank you for being here today and sharing a little bit about yourself because I find that you're very inspiring to me because you have learned how to get through obstacles and really honor yourself and your calling and, and all these little pieces of your lives and, and just trusting that that is all part of your path and purpose and that you can then inspire other people through that and together we'll rise. I, I love that. I, I love that phrase so much because I do feel we're all in this together. I actually reference this a lot that a rising tide lifts all ships and that this is about us shifting ourselves, but also as we shift, we shift the collective, we shift what people think is possible. We shift the amount that we can all have. We shift the abundance. And it's doable, but we all have to start with ourselves. And a lot of people focus on others. And mm -hmm. it's like, if we just focus, shift that focus to ourselves and just do what we can, then it just, everything goes so much more smoothly. And especially with women, a lot of women are focusing, trying to help and heal and shift others. And if we instead focus, turn that back around on like, what are, you know, shifting our own patterns to need, save, heal, rescue, and allow others to heal and make that choice at, on their time and in their journey then that's a big thing for women right now, especially. I think that's interesting too, because I think that, that we're raised to believe that if you nurture yourself, you're selfish and that yeah. that's a, a negative thing, but I, I, I don't see it that way. I think that, you know, the term selfish is such a negative connotation where selfish is really self love. And if you can start there, and honor and love yourself, you can then be that much more helpful and loving and purposeful 
in helping others rise to their greater selves. So I think, yes, you have to actually focus inward first in order to be a, a bigger power in the world for others as well. So I, there's absolutely nothing about um, honoring yourself that's, that's a negative at all. Yeah, it's definitely a part of this kind of martyr pattern in a way. So the mm -hmm. idea that we're trying to help heal, save or rescue others and that we have to sacrifice ourselves or that we don't matter when the true light paradigm is a win-win. Like we help others and mm -hmm. we do amazing, you know, that there doesn't have to be a losing side that it can be truly win-win. And I, I agree about the word selfish. In fact, it was a word that was used as a weapon against me. In many cases when I was mm -hmm. literally just trying to live the life that I wanted. And I, you know, was told so many things, my head in the clouds or, you know, that's not practical. I had people laugh at me when I said what I wanted to do. And I'm now doing all of those things that I said that I wanted to do. And we all can do that. Um, and unfortunately, our society is def definitely structured of like, just keep your head down, keep your head down, just, you know, kind of get through it instead of like, but how much can you have? How much can we all have? And I teach psychic training. And one of my guest teachers is an amazing psychic and coach named Joanna Hunter in my next course that I'm offering. And she actually wrote a book called Selfish mm -hmm. that is all about that. And I'm like, yes, we, this is the idea of like, this is, should not be a bad word. It is about self-love yeah. and loving ourselves. Now, if you're damaging another person, you're hurting someone for that's, but that's not what this is about. This is about like, it is not a bad thing to honor yourself, your needs, your desires, your wants, and that we can do this in a way that's a win-win. Yeah, that, that is absolutely true. It doesn't mean you're a narcissist. So I'm so excited to check out that book. I'll definitely be looking that up. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> well, again, you know, I hope that our listeners were able to get inspired today and I hope that they will have the courage to step into their own power. And if they would like any guidance with that, how would they seek that out with you? Sure. So my website, healingpowers.net is where I have information on, you know, readings. If you want to get a reading, I, I teach a lot of classes on manifesting psychic training and intuition, Reiki, all the things that help you shift yourself. And then on the podcasting and coaching side is the website is powershour.biz. And that's for my podcasting classes, book classes, and, and those kinds of things. And on social media, I'm at uh, Twitter at that Laura Powers, Instagram at Laura Powers 44. And on Facebook, you can find me on my profile, Laura Michelle Powers or Healing Powers, my page. And then you can also reach out to me, email bookings at laurapowers.net. Fantastic. Thanks again, Laura. And I wish you all the wonderful things and abundance in life. You deserve them all. And we'll connect again pretty soon, I would imagine. I am sure. Well, many blessings. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for your show and to Thank be a you. part of it. <laughs> awesome. Take care and much love. I hope you all enjoyed this interview with Laura. I always enjoy talking with her. I've known her for, gosh, close to 15 years as a client and a friend, and she's been a mentor and a teacher to me. I've had many readings with her and taking many of the classes that she's had to offer, So, as well as read a handful of her books. So I, I can tell you firsthand, she is legit. She has impacted my life in a positive way, and I look forward to taking other courses that she has to offer. I, I have no doubt in my mind that it will 
help me along my path in this life. And I encourage you to reach out to her and look into it for yourself. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Just thinking about our conversation today, I'm reminded that we all have a different path and purpose in this life and that we need to trust that we can transform our lives by listening to our intuition and listening and paying attention to those messages from the divine, from the universe, and then have the courage to move in that direction of that which calls to you. And just let that sink in, think about it, and I wish you all the best in life. Much love to you all, and I hope you'll check back in for another podcast. And hey, remember, if you like what you hear here, then please follow my podcast, like it, uh, leave a review. All of that helps me reach more listeners and tell a friend. And together, I think that we can inspire each other and become the best version of ourselves.